service. We're going to open with prayer, Father Jesus, in your name. We praise you and thank you for what has already gone forth this day, Father. Now, Father, we call upon each and every one in this household. Let your Holy Spirit rest upon them. Let their ears be attentive, their eyes be open, Father, and their hearts be open to you, Father. Heal, Lord, the wounds. Break the chains. As your word says, it would not come back void, Father. We expect it to work as it does, Father. Have your blessings upon each and every uh, person that walks through the door. If there's someone that doesn't know you, let them see you and us, Father. Let your love, your joy, and your peace overflow this area. Heal us, Lord Jesus. Give us strength in our weakness, Father. Touch the words that I go forth. Uh, anoint this vessel, Father. I surrender it to you. Let it be according to your words and your will, Father, not my own. In Jesus' name we pray. This week, as I was reading and studying and listening, um, there was a theme that come to me. And Jesus, many times in the, in the books, in the New Testament, would say, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. And I want you to gather two things from this lesson today, is that you have ears, God is speaking, and you can hear. Those are the things I want you to understand. You have ears. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It doesn't say that God's not talking, because God is always talking, as we will see. But sometimes we're just not listening. We're not hearing. So um, Isaiah 59 and 1, this verse came to my mind as I walked in here today. And as I was praying, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. That it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. And yes, he is hearing. And yes, he is speaking. There are two types of hearing that we have. We have the natural, the ears that we use on our heads to hear the words of God. God speaks to us through the words, his words, the Bible. But there is also spiritual hearing. And as I was listening to my studies this week, I, I'm reminded of Elisha in 1 Kings 18 and 41, and I won't, hear, I won't read it, but it's a well-known story. There was a drought in the land because of sin, but Elisha could hear the rain that wasn't there yet. He told Ahab, I hear the rain. I hear the rain. It's coming. And it's a really great um, historical story if you want to read it. 1 Kings 18, it starts... Uh, read the whole, whole chapter. But God is always speaking. I remember uh, the first thing that came to mind was Moses in the burning bush. God talked to him through that burning bush. That was an audible voice that Moses heard. It was a conversation he had. He told him, he says, take off your shoes for you are on holy ground. Holy ground. That was on what they call Mount Sinai. Peter even had that experience on the rooftop in Acts chapter 9. Uh, or Acts chapter 10, he was about to go forth into the mission field of the Gentiles. But there was such stigma, you know, the Gentiles and the Jews, they didn't mix. They were considered, the Gentiles were unclean because of the, our lifestyles, because of what they ate. I mean, you could base it on just that alone, but what they worshipped. But God was calling Peter to go forth and minister and to bring 
as one verse says, the other sheep of his flock into one. And he kept, he showed him this blanket or this, you know, this shawl or whatever came down and it had all the animals on it. And he told Peter, he said, get up, kill and eat. And Peter said, no, Lord. He knew they were unclean animals, not his accustomed. He says, what I had made clean, don't you call unclean. And that's my paraphrasing, but read chapter 10 of Acts. You'll read the story. And then he was called forth to Cornelius' house, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and they were they received the gospel. They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ through Peter. They received baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they were saved. And as Jesus said, and we'll read later, there are other sheep in my fold. Other sheep are coming. But we both have the natural ability to hear God. We hear him through the words of God that you come when you come and hear you hear God's word in your natural ear, and uh, we we read it. When we read the words, we study the words. Uh, when we talk one to another, we encourage each other, and God uses us to speak to other people. Uh, it may not be God's voice, but we are hearing God's word in our natural ears. But Elijah had the experience of spiritual hearing in his spirit. I want to be so close to God that I can hear Him speak in the spiritual realm. Not so much, you know, what the future is going to happen. There are people in this world that have that ability to hear God spiritually. The spiritual is. It's not audible voice. It's just something that plays in your head. And I have experienced God speaking to me through the Holy Spirit. It's always, you know, through my Holy Spirit because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit speaks not on his own account, but what he hears. That's what Jesus said, what he hears. What he hears, he will tell you. God speaks to us in different ways. First Kings 19 and 12, which is a great, this is another great historical you know, uh, account that you can read. Uh, it's very popular. We talk about it a lot. Elijah, Elijah who had just defeated uh, had showed up all of Jezebel's priests, you know, and he he's like, run away because she has made a threat against him. After all that happened with the fire coming from heaven and, and lapping up all the water and the, and the sacrifice that he had put there and the people were praising that God, Lord, he is the Lord. He is the God. They quit serving Baal and uh, they had the Baal prophets slain. And Jezebel sends one threat to him, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs. And he leaves his servant in one place, and he keeps on running. How many of you all felt like that? You just keep on running. <laughs> you leave everybody behind that can help you, <laughs> especially God, because you try to run to him. You're trying to outrun him. I've, I've lived my life that way for many years, so I know what it's like. And I, I love it. It says in verse 12, and he's hiding in this cave on Mount Horeb is where they, they call it. It says in verse 11, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. The Lord's already talking to him. And he said, Behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind, rent the mountains. It means they tore it apart. And it broke it in pieces, the rocks, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. He talked to Moses through the fire, but not through, not to Elijah. He's not going to do it the same for you as he does for me. 
And it says, after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. Still, small voice. That's what I hear. That's one of the reasons I know it's different than the enemy. The enemy is, he whispers, but it's not a calmness. It's not a, it's a confusion. It's pain. It brings forth so many different emotions. But when God speaks, it's like fire. It's calm. It's quiet. It may not be some, maybe something that I don't want to hear, <laughs> but it doesn't bring the same as when the enemy tries to whisper to you. Actually, when he whispers, it causes the loudness in my head and causes all these emotions, and I know that it's not of God. And usually, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. There's another way that I can tell. But that's like the enemy. God is always talking to us. Because if you have ears, let him hear. It's your choice. Do you want to hear it? So the, one of the traps that the enemy uses is busyness. We get so busy. We get busy doing this, living life, working for God. I don't care. He uses busyness. He, even if you're working for God, he'll turn it against you and keep you away from your relationship with God. You remember the story? It says there'll be people that did these things in Jesus' name, and he'll say, I knew you not. We can get so busy even doing God's work that we lose our relationship with him. That's not what's going to get you in. It's necessity. We need laborers. But you've got to make sure you keep your connection with God, that you're still hearing the voice. My husband can sit in one room and I can sit in the other and he can talk all day long. And if I've got the TV on and the dogs around and I'm talking, whatever I'm doing, if I can't hear him, it don't matter what he says, I didn't hear it. That's kind of the way the enemy works. You know, he's still talking. Jesus is talking. God is talking to you. But you're so caught up in everything else that you don't hear. And in Romans 10 and 17 said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, the enemy knows the word is powerful. God's word. I mean, look, he made the earth by let there be light. He made everything by his word. This is why hearing God is so important. There's life in his words. Your faith is increased in his words. He does everything he can to get to you. Psalms 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. When you're upset, when the storm's raging, when the wind's blowing, when all the voices in your head are kicking up, you've got to be still and listen for Him. Everything else is going to be talking, blah, 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 all the static, all the noise. But you've got to still away, concentrate on Him. Concentrate on his word. I will keep in perfect peace those who keep their minds stayed on me. That's the scripture. I've kind of put it in my own words. But you keep your mind and your eyes. You keep your focus on him. And that's where that peace comes from. And all the noise just tends to go away. And all you hear is that small, still voice. Speaking life to you. 
John chapter 10, Jesus himself talked about the sheep. And we are accounted as his sheep, part of his fold. He is our shepherd. And I want to read some of that. It's very, you know, very well known, the good shepherd. And Jesus is telling this. And he says, I am the door of the sheep. And all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Did you notice that? They did not hear them. Do you know why? Because they uh, they knew the master. They knew the shepherd's voice. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enters, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd who owns the sheep, are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and I am known of mine. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they sh- there shall be one fold and one shepherd. The sheep know my voice. The sheep know my voice. That doesn't mean they just listen to any voice, no. But when the shepherd spoke, they know the voice. How do you know the voice? Well, you get in God's word and you listen to his word. You understand his thinking. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's the whole purpose of this thing. So many ways, so that we understand the thinking and reasoning of our God, our Lord. And when his voice is heard, when his voice is spoken, when the words are spoken, we understand his voice. Several weeks ago, God gave me the words, look, look for me. Look, 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 look. But listen, hear, hear me. I'm speaking, hear me. Another way that the enemy uses distractions and he he gets us involved in teachings that are not of his, false teachers, false prophets. They teach you rebellion. Why is it rebellion? Because it goes against the Word of God. And they'll look good. They'll talk good. They kind of talk a little Bible. But if you watch and listen carefully, you'll start hearing a different voice. You'll start seeing a different lifestyle. Uh, I love 2 Timothy 3 and 7. It says, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is a trap that we talk about people who are always trying to learn. And they go to different places to learn and learn. And I'm not talking about in the world as far as education. I'm talking about spiritually. But they get tied up and tangled up in things that are not of God. They're false teaching. Jesus said in Matthew, I think it's um, chapter 7, he even said, you'll know them by their fruit. Watch their lives. Are they one way here? 
and another way out there. It don't take long on Facebook or Instagram to pick up who's not in the fold. Who's a false teacher? They teach rebellion. First Timothy 6, we'll read that real quickly. If any man teaches otherwise and consents not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strives of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputing the men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw. You've got to really understand and hear his voice and know who he is to discern the false teachings. There's so many voices out there claiming Jesus and God and, and if we get immersed into these things, I mean, it's as, it's as simple as one little girl called me, it was a friend of my daughter, and she wanted to do yoga, and I said, you know, the stretching of the body is wonderful. It's beneficial. But there's other things they teach. This is not of God. This was a young Christian girl said, this is not of God. Be careful of even just the smallest things that you're getting yourself into. Make sure you're surrounding yourselves with things that's not of God. And before long, you'll be breathing in and breathing out the good. Breathing in the good, breathing out the good. stop and think about that and that some of them are much more intentional at setting as the the lady that teaches our aerobics class our uh, Zumba she says they set the stage they go in and set the atmosphere it's intentional so you must be intentional as well so all week long God had me in Mark 5 and I want to read some of that to read it in the New Living Translation because it's more under, easier for me to understand. Actually, it's Mark 4. I wrote down the wrong one, but it's Mark 4. And Jesus had just told the parable of the farmer planting seed. And you know, when he plants it, gets scooped up by the birds and eaten or it goes on rock that has no soil to, you know, to support it when it grows or it wilters in the hot sun because it has no roots and it falls amongst the thorns and they choke it out because the plant is young but some fall on the fertile ground and they sprout up and they produce a crop some 20 and 30 and 100 and it says later in verse 10, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. Are you listening? Are you hearing his voice? But I use parables for everyone, everything I say for outsiders. And Jesus goes on in verse 13 and explains... The farmer takes the seed, which is the word of God, 
others. The seed that falls on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecution for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of the life and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 20, 30, or even 100 times as much as they had planted. Verse 24. And I love verse 23. It says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Or as the King James, let him hear. He says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Pay close attention. The Holy Spirit is constantly speaking to you. It may not be a voice that you hear, but that's God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. When the words are read, when the sermon is given... He's speaking to you if you're hearing him, if you will hear him. Luke 11 and 28 says, Ye, you rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. That was Jesus. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. He is always speaking, always speaking, whether it's through someone who's telling you about the word of God, whether you're reading your Bible, whether you're praising him, worshiping him, he's always speaking. Let him hear. That doesn't say just when I'm talking or just when he wants to, but let him hear. He is constantly talking. Don't think that he talks to you and no one else. Don't think that he talks to me and no one else. There is no respecter of person in the kingdom of God. We are all his children. I love my kids. When they come to visit, I love to talk to them. I love to listen to them talk. I like to hear what's going on in their lives. I like to impart what little wisdom I have on this earth. Usually it's biblical truth. But he's the same way with us. He wants to listen, but he also has something to say. Are you hearing him? What's got your ears clogged up? Is it the busyness of the day? Is it the job? Is it your emotions? Oh my gosh, I could preach a sermon on emotions. How they lead you down the wrong path. I can catch myself thinking one thought, being depressed and being sad. And before I know it, I'm having idolations of taking a gun and shooting up something that I shouldn't be shooting up. Hey, I'm just going to be honest. My husband replaced the fans in our bedroom. And I told him, I said, you got two weeks to take that down or I'm going to get a shotgun and I'm going to take it down myself. That's how far it went in my head. <laughs> my husband was like, okay. 
get them down. <laughs> but that's how quickly what you listen to makes a difference. It makes a difference. <laughs> I told him, I'll take it down. <laughs> You've got two weeks. I'll get it down. I could just see myself with that shotgun blowing those fans out of the ceiling. <laughs> I said, well, let's just say if I take them down, there's going to be more damage to repair. <laughs> you free. And boy, I've lived that so many times in my life. <laughs> in the last two weeks, the truth sets you free. It sets me free from being controlled by my emotions and my anger and the enemy. From people who treated me bad, it set me free from that, that I could love them and treat them better. I'm not perfect. I don't say I don't get hurt, but it helps me be from living a life that's like the wind blowing around, up and down, back and forth. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. To hear. You kind of have a choice there, don't you? Let him hear. He's always speaking. We just got to learn to tune into his channel. Be quiet. Listen for the small. That's why the Bible says get away privately and pray. Get away from all the cares of the household, cares of the job, cares of the day, the family, whatever it is, and find a quiet place. You can pray all day long, you can, but you need that quiet time. Jesus even got away privately on his own early in the morning or whatever. He would go up into the mountain by himself and pray. Here's a reason for that. It's hard to operate and hear God when you're being pulled in a million different directions by different people and different things in your life. All the struggles that we have, all the winds that blow. But he says, my, my ear is not too heavy that I can't hear and my hand is not too short that I can't reach. He that has an ear to hear Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father Jesus, that you're always constantly reminding us that you are with us, that you are speaking, that you have not left us alone, and you are not capable of taking care of us, Father. Father, now, according to your words, I 
voice that cares for us and loves us like a father that says, you will be my children and I will be your God. I am your shield, your strong tower. I am whatever you need, I am. Father, we thank you, Lord. Let us see the enemy as he comes forth to distract us and to bring rebellion into our lives. Anything that's not of you, Father, show us, Lord Jesus. Give us that wisdom and understanding. Let the Holy Spirit speak up and say, can you hear? Can you hear? Father, we thank you because your words are true and they're yes and amen. And we pray that the remainder of the service be according to your